I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Nativity Stories Welcome to Prattle World, I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan, and in this podcast I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Alternativity Stories, a month-long look at alternative stories set around the most wonderful time of the year. Shabbat Shalom and Mazel Tov to everyone of the Jewish faith who have been celebrating the Festival of Lights. And as today is the last day of Hanukkah, I wanted to celebrate Jewish comic book talent, their impact on superhero comics as a whole, and characters who are born Jewish and or practice Judaism specifically. The comic book industry without Jewish creators, um, there simply would be no superheroes, no comic book industry. Uh, Many creators in the golden age of comics were first-generation children of Jewish immigrants, Uh, most notably Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster, uh, Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, and Stan Lee, who, sadly, due to the anti-Semitism at the time, struggled to get work in various other sectors of employment, but found a home creatively at these publishing houses, such as Marvel Comics and DC, or as they were, would become known famously. So from 1939 into the 1980s, the majority of comics and characters were created by Jewish creators. Uh, name a character almost all um, have a Jewish creator behind them, be it editor, publisher, so on. There is so much Jewish talent behind every single character. And often elements of the Jewish culture would find themselves into many of the stories and or characters, either actively or on a subconscious level. For example, Superman is a modern sci-fi retelling of the story of Moses. Simply without Jewish creators, we wouldn't be getting Snyder cuts and Avengers Endgames. So we owe all these creators a huge debt of gratitude. So before we get started on our top five Jewish superheroes, uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to a couple of YouTube series that helped me kind of do the research for the podcast itself, this particular podcast. So first off, I'd like to recommend Heroes Like Us. It's a YouTube series celebrating superheroes from all walks of life uh, and all diversities, be it sexual identity, military military service, religion, nationality, etc, etc. Um, and I highly recommend the channel uh, Comic Tropes as well. Um, it's a great kind of in-depth look in comics, the history, the creators behind them, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And they do several episodes, he does several episodes on Jewish culture, characters and creators, uh, such as how Jack Kirby's faith influenced his work. Uh, and why there's a lack of Jewish superheroes, and the rarity of kind of Hanukkah, 
holiday special comics when there's so many kind of Christmas ones. Why is there so little? Um, so it's quite interesting to kind of see that as well. If you want a more kind of comprehensive list of what every character's, you know, uh, religion is, um, you can go on comicreligion.com. Um, so they'll provide a list of kind of every denomination that every character is under uh, and group them together as well. If you want to look up like Muslim superheroes, you can, or uh, Christian superheroes, Catholic, Protestant, you name it, you can look them all up and kind of what they celebrate and what kind of cultures they come from. So, yeah. Um, so in this list, I was, I'm only going to be including characters who have been explicitly referenced at least once as being Jewish within their comic book universe. Um, so characters with Jewish characteristics... Um, such as Superman or Spider-Man, will not be included, um, even though they did have Jewish creators. And again, you know, you could argue maybe Spider-Man and Superman are Jewish, but it's never been kind of explicitly said within the comic book universe. So, so I'm going to avoid those. Um, so number one on the top five, and this is Sabra. Um, from kind of Marvel Comics and the X-Men universe. So Ruth Bat-Saraf um, was an Israeli-born mutant, and she was quickly recruited and trained to join the Israeli police force, and subsequently Mossad, and has often been a spokesperson for superhuman affairs, um, that anything that affects the nation directly, um, Israel directly. Um, in her first appearance, Bruce Banner finds himself in Israel and a small boy befriends him because he's homeless, doesn't have any money. Um, but subsequently, the boy dies uh, in an explosion caused by terrorists and the, the grief and anger causes Bruce Banner to transform into the Hulk. Um, Sabra jumps into the, into the fray, um, believing that the Hulk is the reason for the, the death and the destruction and begins to fight and, and holds her own um, against the Hulk, you know, quite surprisingly. And this was her very first appearance, but eventually she realizes her mistake and kind of helps um, helps the Hulk to grieve. Um, it's quite a quite a tragic kind of issue, but I do recommend looking that up. It's a really good, really strong first appearance for the character. So Sabra's personality she can she can often come across as quite cold and pragmatic, um, and her code name is even taken from a, a prickly pear uh, found in Israel. Um, and these personality traits only became kind of strengthened when she actually lost her own child to a, to a terror attack as well. So she tends to do to deal with a lot of things that are kind of terror related or any kind of threats or um, you know any national emergency she's usually kind of pulled up for. Um, her mutant abilities are kind of kind of the standard kind of superhero stuff. So you've got the enhanced speed, strength, stamina, um, but she's also equipped with with an anti-gravity cape, which gives her the ability to fly. And she's got these kind of wrist gauntlets that fire kind of these trademark quills that she has, kind of razor-sharp quills. And it can also produce energy blasts as well. I really like Sabra. She's a really unique and interesting character, and I don't think she gets used enough. She's very underused and underutilized as as a character um she does turn up a lot in the kind of x-men books being a mutant um she did turn up in operation zero tolerance i talked about that in the top five sentinel comics that was really really good um really good story and she plays a very kind of key role in that um but that's probably the only time she really turns up for the most part is like the odd it would nice it'd be nice to see her in her own miniseries i think but she just turns up in the big crossovers like 
like Secret Invasion or uh, Contest of the Champions, things like that. So I, I really wish we'd see a bit more of her and like her abilities or, you know, maybe she's doing some anti-terror stuff or or maybe, you know, maybe she joins the X-Men as a kind of, I don't know, uh, ambassador from, from Israel or something. That would be be interesting to see. But, uh, but I, I think that's the problem with a lot of international characters because the main Marvel Universe is very New York and American. Um, it's very hard for these kind of international ones to have, you know, have a decent reason to, to come over to America or or for other characters to go over there and have their adventures there. It's quite, um, it's quite, it's quite a difficult thing, I think, for writers to kind of convince them to kind of to kind of break away for a little bit um but that she's a really cool character and i highly recommend kind of checking out any of her first appearances or subsequent appearances um it's really cool and she's it's really interesting when she turns up and brings a lot to the stories uh next up is atom smasher from dc comics uh, albert rothstein um inherited his abilities from his grandfather the supervillain known as cyclotron um and he was a villain of the original atom uh, al pratt who's kind of a short guy developed kind of some superpowers along the way um and he was also rothstein's godfather and would become the inspiration for Rothstein himself uh, to become a superhero. So Albert began his career as Nuclon in the team Infinity Inc., uh, which featured mostly the kind of the children, younger relatives, and other associatives of of the the Justice Society of America. He'd um, later fulfil this dream and become a fully fledged member of the JSA as Atom Smasher. Um, he's quite a kind of a gentle giant of a character he's kind of sensitive um you know he's been known to kind of be insecure and unsure of himself or indecisive which obviously can can affect his um you know his personal life and sometimes even on missions it can kind of um mess with his kind of judgment of situations and i think because of that he's often kind of been led by kind of down dark paths by villains so like cobra for example the leader of the cult uh, cobra that's with a k because um, it's cooler it's cooler with a k uh, <laughs> he's one of my favorite kind of dc villains because he's just pure evil uh yeah he killed his he killed rothstein's mother um and then black adam as well who's kind of an kind of an anti-hero he's kind of was led to kind of follow him for a bit but when it comes to the jsa like like and and al pratt's kind of legacy as the atom rothstein's always kind of steadfast and reliable uh, and a good friend um to to everybody within within the JSA and and in the the larger superhero community as well. Um, there's a character called Damage, I believe, who's a bit more directly uh, related to Al Pratt, uh, and he kind of plays a kind of a big brother role to him because he's a little bit more kind of angry and kind of a bit more easily a bit more easily misled or troubled um, than than Atom Smasher is. Um, but Atom, Atom Smasher is quite a popular character. He's appeared in lots of different media. So the, in the Flash TV show, he was played by the wrestler Edge uh, from the WWE. He's been in Justice League Unlimited, um, Injustice, Gods Among Us. You can see him in the background, I think, of the Hall of Justice stage. And he's fighting Giganta because they're two kind of uh, characters that can change to massive sizes. So I think, I think in the comics, they have a, a kind of troubled relationship as well <laughs> um, but yeah that's a, that's another story 
for another time. Um, okay, number three is Songbird from the Thunderbolts in Marvel Comics. Um, Melissa Gold, so she started off as a kind of a troubled runaway, um, and she joined a group of female wrestlers known as the Grapplers um, to kind of help support herself. Um, but then the wrestling company refused to pay them as much as their male counterparts, which is... Uh, and probably still, sadly, the case with a lot of things like that. Um, but this is quite a little ahead of its time, back in the kind of early, mid-80s, I think. Um, so they decided to turn to crime, to, you know, why why not? <laughs> she was given this ability uh, to emit a sonic scream uh, after treatments by somebody called the Power Broker. And she took the name Screaming Mimi. Um, as her name so that became her kind of supervillain name she was recruited into the masters of evil uh, by baron zemo um, this iteration of the masters was so powerful they defeated the avengers and even put hercules into a coma um, in one of my favorite storylines avengers under siege probably my favorite i think avengers storyline so definitely check that one out and they captured the mansion and held the mansion hostage and severally the avengers so they were quite victorious Victorious um, in their mission, um, but yeah, but obviously doesn't last. <laughs> um, but not long after that, she had a relationship with the criminal Angar the Screamer, uh, who was then shot dead by a guard. Sadly, uh, and this led to Melissa just screaming out and destroying her vocal cords and her powers um, just out of pure grief because she she loved Angar the Screamer um, kind of he's got like kind of he's kind of like a hippie and has psychedelic screaming powers uh, it's 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 a it's a strange character Steve Gerber character so it's it's bound to be a little bit weird yeah so after that uh, Zemo appeared to her and asked her to join the Masters once again and with nowhere to go and with her powers not working and being a criminal at large she agreed and uh, Zemo developed a new kind of uh, system um, part of armor kind of collar um, which helped her enhance not only enhance her powers but enable her to create solid uh, constructs out of sound so not unlike the Fantastic Four villain Claw, uh, who can create solid kind of sound constructs. Um, she's given similar powers and allows her to fly, create wings, um, and gives her those abilities. And she renames herself Songbird. The plan of Zima was to actually just full on attack the Avengers again um, with his, you know, more powered up Masters of Evil. Um, but it was soon discovered the event that the Avengers. And the Fantastic Four had seemingly died uh, while battling Onslaught. Um, so what he did is he changed tact and decided that they would impersonate new heroes and basically wait for the government to give them access to all these various resources that would help them take over the world. So, so yeah, and it's one of my favourite comic book series of all time, the original Thunderbolts and and the subsequent series. It's always it's always good. I always like, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Suicide Squad as well, so I like when villains are you know on the on the forefront and then the the main characters they always make really interesting protagonists you know the supervillains in a team trying
trying to fight for good. I always always kind of like that sort of thing or taking out the more evil villains. Um, but yeah, so they decide to kind of dupe the, the government and all these other kind of... Because they even get the Baxter building, that, that's their new base, and they get access to government files and all this other stuff. Technology, you name it, they get it all. But Songbird and several other of the Thunderbolts, even pretty much the entire team for the most part, realise that they actually like being heroes and they don't want that to end so they betray Zemo and help the Avengers save the world um, that he was trying to he had like 98% of the world mind controlled um, so he they uh, stopped that evil plan um, and then they were forced to go kind of on the lam uh, outlaw heroes much like the X-Men and they were protecting the world while also searching for some form of redemption Songbird has had many many ups and downs throughout her entire career and has been in almost every single iteration of the Thunderbolts, um, treading that fine line between hero and villain all the while, still remaining one of the most powerful and dedicated and relatable members of that team. Um, So that's Songbird, another amazing, amazing character. Check her out. Okay, next up is Ragman. So in the 16th century, uh, the Jewish community created the Ragman to protect them from various forms of evil after their last protector went rogue. So the uh, entity known as the Golem from uh, from Jewish folklore, you're probably quite familiar with that. And the suit is kind of almost like a patchwork, kind of almost like a, a patch patchy jigsaw type suit Uh, and every patch uh, represents a soul of a guilty party and they have been you know uh, taken care of or absorbed by the suit because they're an evil person so they and they uh, this suit is so powerful that they the Jewish community have to give it to someone who can rein in its destructive nature um, because not it will it will not unlike the golem go rogue and start just killing everybody and doing whatever it wants um, so they give it to a certain person who's strong enough to prevent you know prevent themselves from being kind of uh, abused by that power and the the abilities because the the suit itself is very very powerful um so they give it to uh, Jerry Reagan um during the kind of 30s 40s um but he was unable to to save anyone during the destruction of the Warsaw ghetto in 1943 because the one weakness the Jewish community put into the suit um was uh, fire so it would the the suit actually carried him away before he could save anybody. Um, tragically, um, it was his one weakness. Um, but when he obviously years later he has a son, moves to America, um, creates a you know runs a business, uh, kind of a ragman type business, rags rags and tatters, I believe the shop's called. Um, so his son Rory Reagan, uh, who's a Vietnam vet, is actually bequeathed the suit, um, the suit of souls as it's known, um, to fight crime in the sub of Gotham that they live in and avenge his father's death from criminals who are attempting to gentrify the area. Um, So Ragman, the characters and stories of Ragman are steeped in Jewish culture and seeing Rory deal with his 
Nam Vietnam experiences as PTSD makes for a really fascinating read. So I do recommend trying to get hold of that that mini series, the um, the post crisis mini series. I'm I'm going to say it's early nineties, like ninety two, I think. So the the rags themselves are alive, and the living rags um, give the wearer such kind of use of their skills. So any anybody that is any evil person that's been absorbed, they can have their memories and skills. Um, but also it will boost your any physical attributes so you're stronger faster you know uh, it can make you fly it gives you psychic powers teleportation you can transform into things arguably probably the most powerful character on this list as well um kind of spooky almost a bit like a, a kind of a, almost spawn like character with a kind of living suit um but really fascinating character fascinating read and he proved himself very proficient with um generally just kind of sorcery not just the abilities within the suit but um outside of that as well um and his sorcery abilities kind of put him in top tier of sorcerers within the DC universe so much so that he joined the Sentinels of Magic and then later the Shadow Pact two kind of magical and fantastical teams to help protect the DC universe from the evils of magic um so yeah probably one of one of the uh, the characters that I've got to know more recently but really have enjoyed his stories so definitely check him out um okay number one here we go so it's gertrude yorks from the runaways from marvel comics um she is possibly the wokest character on the list absolutely um and also the wokest daughter of supervillains you'll ever find um so gert and her friends in the runaways uh they see their supervillain parents sacrifice a teenage runaway realizing their parents are supervillains they follow in the runaway's footsteps and become the runaways. Um, Gert's parents particularly were time travelers and they commissioned for her a velociraptor with an empathic link. Um, she named the dinosaur Old Lace and took up the code name Arsenic, uh, which all the runaways kind of later dropped their kind of code names. Um, but this is referencing, of course, the Frank Capra movie. Gert is a really kind of definitely a modern character um she's cynical sarcastic teen um while also being a really outspoken liberal social activist she is somewhat insecure about her weight and not being what she considers conventionally beautiful um she somewhat overcame these issues when she became involved with Chase, another member of the Runaways, in a kind of in a relationship. But yeah, it's still it's still in the back of her mind. Still, you know, it's it's one of her kind of character flaws or character characteristics, if you will. The Runaways went on to encounter a time traveling Gert known as Heroin, who in the future is the leader of the Avengers. She comes back to the past to warn the team of a hero called Victorious who betrayed all the heroes and killed them in the future. This future version of Gert dies in Chase's arms and professes her love for him as she dies. Um, which is very, very tragic, but not the only tragic moment in Gert's history. Um, the present Gert would actually go on to sacrifice herself as well uh, in a very similar scene. Uh, however, don't worry, 
she came back to life, as is comics. Um, and she was really sad. Obviously, it's been quite a few years since she died. And uh, she comes back at, as the same age, but all the characters have aged on and become adults almost. Um, but she sees the world and sees how cruel it's grown and how horrific it's become. And and she is, you know, she's the key to bringing them all back together and reuniting the runaways uh, to fight for kind of young people and, you know, everybody, the world. Yeah, so that's my top five Jewish superheroes. Hope you guys have enjoyed that. I've got a few honourable mentions before I go because there's so many characters I could have picked, so many great, amazing characters. And there's there's even some surprises. There's a lot of characters out there you probably wouldn't realise were Jewish, but in fact they are within canon or within, you know, that particular universe um so let's go through some of the the biggest names um so you've got the flash barry allen um who is jewish you've got green lantern hal jordan as well um moon knight harley quinn night owl from the watchman uh, batwoman the kate kane version of batwoman uh, iceman the thing Firestorm, so that's one of two people. So I'm talking about Martin Stein, the the older scientist gentleman of the the combination of Firestorm. Uh, Doctor Manhattan again from The Watchmen. Kitty Pryde of the X Men. Magneto and all of his family. So Polaris, uh, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch. Uh, you've got Wiccan of the Young Avengers as well. Uh, Sandman, Wesley Dodds from the Justice Society of America. Colossal Boy from the Legion of Superheroes. Speaking of legions, we've got Legion from X-Men, the son of Charles Xavier. Um, the Atom, Ray Palmer, is also Jewish. Uh, Justice Marvel Boy or Vance Astrovic, however you want to call him, uh, also a Jewish character. Um, Sasquatch or Walter Langowski, um, he is Jewish as well. And the last one on the list, the last superhero is Doc Samson, um, or Leonard Samson, is also a Jewish character. So there's quite a few there. Those are the kind of the bigger names, I think. Um, there's obviously there's a few more, but I just wanted to get the main kind of big ones out there um, to kind of celebrate Hanukkah for everybody. Um, but yeah, this has been really good. I've really enjoyed talking about all these kind of characters and and the the larger um, kind of universe that they are in um, and the kind of to celebrate, you know, Jewish culture. It's not something, you know, that's celebrated, I don't think, as much as it probably should be. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun. And and again, we wouldn't we wouldn't have these amazing characters without the Jewish community and Jewish writers, editors. Um, so yeah, um, so you can find me on Facebook at Secret Balls. Uh, Twitter, it's at Dan underscore Balls. Instagram, Spider Dan Secret Balls. And the podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, many, many more. And if you'd like to donate towards the podcast, you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash Spider Dan and the Secret Balls. And when you interact with us, don't forget to use the hash, use the hashtag Prepare for Prattle. And just before I go, I'd like to say happy Hanukkah and happy holidays to 
all other faiths and denominations and non-believers and to people like me who sit on the fence. <laughs> um, however you are celebrating this year, make it a good one, guys, because I think we really need to make it a good one. Let's, let's polish off this year with the best possible goodwill to all men and, and women and everybody else. So uh, I'll, I'll say goodbye there. And again, once again, happy Hanukkah um, to everybody. Bye-bye.